People of the world, it's the Brothers Talk with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm. And we're glad you join us each Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcast to hear our take as three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice to the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. We're excited to continue spreading the message that promotes critical thinking and thoughtful conversations, advocating for social activism, and uplifting people everywhere. We're also inviting you to join us as we continue the work of encouraging and educating everyone with the edifying task of identifying, endorsing, and inspiring new and existing black businesses and individuals for the empowerment and prosperity of our community. Send your comments, questions, and suggestions, and follow us on Facebook, on X, formerly known as Twitter, at The Brothers Talk, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, and you can email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. And stay tuned for details about our YouTube channel, our upcoming book, and tour dates. And now on with this week's program. Welcome in all members of the Brothers Talk family around the world, wherever you're listening in, and to all our first-time listeners that are invited to become part of our worldwide household. It's great to have you with us in the ongoing battle to promote critical thinking and social justice activism. And please help us spread the word. As you all know, we can't have enough people in the fight against the ongoing efforts to keep the masses dumbed down and indifferent to thinking for themselves. On to your weekly coronavirus awareness alert, because we care. Now, so we don't want to be known as COVID vaccine apologists, We're going to share a little bit of information that confirms that there are indeed some risks associated with the mRNA vector vaccines that include some rare instances of heart inflammation conditions like myocarditis and pericarditis and some muscle weakening, Guillain-Barre syndrome and a type of blood clot in the brain after taking vaccines in some instances. Research has also found inflammation of a part of the spinal cord, transverse myelitis after taking some of the, the vaccines as well. Now that indeed sounds like some scary stuff, and it is. However, as this information was released by the Global Vaccine Tracking Network last week, we wanted to get the counter-argument out to you before the conspiracy theorists twist and spin it for their own idiotic and harmful purposes. The truth is that those same conditions are 617 times more likely for those who get COVID-19. In other words, getting COVID makes you far more vulnerable to the types of health concerns that I mentioned than anything that the vaccine might cause. So it's just one more reason why you need to make sure that you and the people that you care about, unless you just want to get sick, please stick to what we know works scientifically. Get vaccinated, get those boosters, wear a mask in crowded situations, wash your hands regularly, use plenty of disinfectants. And if you or your children do get sick, stay home until the contagious period passes. Five days for COVID, four days for the flu, and eight days for RSV from when you first notice you have symptoms. No one should end up unnecessarily in the hospital or worse from these preventable diseases. We can and we must do better. And now to my brothers in the struggle for critical thinking, Scott and Norm. Thanks, Rod, and thanks, family, for your continued support. You know, in in terms of the vaccine, there's a problem here in the country where people are being rewarded for giving out disinformation or just lying. When it comes to vaccines, what's going on now in Florida, there's a measles outbreak. And there's an idiot who is the Surgeon General of Florida, a brother, I think he's Haitian, and it's disgusting what he's doing. He did the same thing with the COVID vaccine, saying that it was unhealthy and it was killing people. And he's saying now he's saying that the measles 
is it's a it's a hoax. He's saying that that's fake news. And so you got people who are listening to this nonsense and their kids are being impacted, being infected. And right now, supposedly, what I've been hearing is that the measles is out of control in Florida. What you need to do, people, is do your own research. Don't rely on us. Don't rely on Fox News. Don't rely on anybody on the TV. On TV, There's a wealth of information out there on the Internet. Do your own research to protect yourself and your family. And most of all, get your vaccination, get vaccinated, wear your mask, and do everything that you can to protect yourself and your family. No. Thanks, Scott. And just on another foot, I just want to remind everybody to keep their eye on this Congressional Black Caucus, because right now they're they're in the process of penalizing South Africa for its support of Hamas and the Palestinian people. And it's unfortunate that we have a people in this country, we have struggled for our basic human rights and should support those same human rights for people all over the world on this planet. And we have people here who are really supporting, you know, the, the destruction and the colonialism of another indigenous people. And um, I just wanted to let everybody keep your eyes and ears open on the Congressional Black Caucus and those members who are supporting Israel. Rod? This week, we have an interesting conversation that we're going to take up around how competition and this country has devolved into something that focuses more on participation. And so I want to just share a brief outline of the circumstance in which this conversation comes up, that a good friend of the show had the opportunity to talk with a friend of his who coaches a team of middle schoolers that is made up of all black players. And that team has effectively been crushing the competition to the scores of sometimes 40 and 50 points. And so he decided to speak with his friend and suggest to him that he might want to practice a little better sportsmanship and perhaps not win games by as much and that maybe winning by 20 or 30 points would be a show of better sportsmanship. And so that raised the question for us, particularly because we know that when ethnicity jumps into the mix, that there's always the probability that racism is not far behind. But I don't believe, and I certainly know this person well enough, that that would not be his intent, nor did he consider that perhaps he might have been speaking from a position of privilege, as he is, white. But uh, as I said, it's just one of those things that's so insidious and it's so ingrained in our society that sometimes even we as Black people, African Americans, have to be careful not to let our views and behaviors be shaded in that way. So the question that we want to deal with starting out is what happens when these situations occur because of, as I said before, the soccer mom participation trophy environment that we have too many of today's sports in which there are kids out there who are playing who really are not that interested in the sport, but they're put on the same fields and courts with kids who are really trying to play at the highest level. And so the results are what you're going to expect. It's going to be very lopsided. So, but what does that mean for the kids who are trying to be competitive? They're not being sportsmanlike because they're trying to develop their sport to the highest level. So what do you guys think? I mean, that's exactly, uh, I think, the uh, situation that people are in when they start talking about uh, unsportsmanlike. You got a situation here where there are kids who put in the work, and, and not even necessarily kids. I'm just going to use this analogy on an NFL team. We saw an NFL game, I think, was between the uh, the Saints and the Falcons, and the Saints was blowing them out. 
And there was, I guess, less than a minute, a few seconds, whatever left on the, on the clock. And New Orleans faked the, faked the knee, bend in the knee, and they scored a touchdown. And, and all after that, you know, people went wild. The media, everybody was attacking New Orleans, saying that that was unsportsmanlike. And I have friends and uh, relatives who was telling me, oh, that was messed up. I just totally disagree with that because you got a situation where these guys are paid to do a job. So if I'm on the offense, my job is to score. If I'm on the defense, my job is to stop the other team from scoring. So why should New Orleans have to do both jobs? Why should they have to try to score and then we got to stop ourselves from scoring because we don't want to offend these guys or we don't want to look like unsportsmanlike for guys who are being paid millions of dollars to do their job. So you got a situation now where that transferring the same kind of logic in high school sports, middle school sports, any kind of sports now, it's like we don't want anybody to feel bad kind of kind of I think uh, Rod, you called it something like the soccer mom syndrome or something to that effect. You said something that I just thought about too, thinking about we saw a Super Bowl and we've seen an NFC championship game where instead of teams deciding to continue to play out the string. You know, we talked about Kyle Shanahan and the Falcons when they were up 28 to three over New England. And instead of continuing to do what was working and we saw Detroit who was again, beating San Francisco in the NFC championship game. And instead of doing what was working, they started to do things that didn't occur to uh, us as though they were really trying to put their foot on the neck and win the game. And so that's the flip side of when you don't just go all out trying to score as many points as you got. What do you think, Norm? Oh, I definitely have to agree with you there. But what are you supposed to do? I mean, if, if you're coaching young people, are you supposed to tell them, well, we're beating them by too much, so let's just stop playing? That's yeah. not how life works. Even if you put in the entire second string and they're better than their first string, what do you do? I mean, exactly, Norm, because you, you're talking about what are you teaching the kids? You know, you go out here and work and 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 work really, really hard. And this whole notion about everybody get a, gets a trophy, then the kids who put in the work and work work really, really hard to earn that trophy, to win first place, not that a second place shouldn't get a trophy, but just because you participated, you should get a trophy. And just think about the fact that, you know, where else does that actually work? When all of our quote-unquote major businesses are always trying to quote unquote crush their competition. They're not trying to say, well, we want to make sure that there's enough room out here for all of our competitors to also get as much as they can out of this experience. But suddenly because of sports, and I think to me, it has to have this notion of a kind of racial component because I don't think we see that in the sports where they are still primarily white dominated. I think it's only in areas like basketball and football where now you've got teams that are comprised of mostly black players and they are dominating in these games. Scott, you and I know we're talking earlier about how back in the 60s and 70s, you had these teams in college that were still primarily white. And so when they would run up the score on the Rices and the Temples of the World, week in and week out, 73 to nothing, 67 to 7, there wasn't anybody talking about like, well, oh, that's not good sportsmanship. So how is it that we have now reached this point only in these sports? Because I don't think you see it in like, you know, baseball and those areas where I see regularly you get a score of 18 to 2 or 
or, or 21 to three, which is not a regular occurrence, but I never see anybody coming back and saying, well, that's unsportsmanlike. I, I mean, you're exactly right, Rod. You, you can't not ignore the racial component of that because it is when you have a situation with this old, all black team, it's, they're crushing everybody by 40 points or something like that. And people are calling it unsportsmanlike. But I don't think that if it was reversed, if you had a, a, a white team, whether it's middle school, high school, and they're beating everybody by 30 or 40 points, that would be on ESPN. That would be news. Those kids would be considered great and heroes, and they would be celebrities by now. And, Rod, I'm glad you referenced the business community because it's the same analogy. It literally lines up. You cannot just stop and let your competition catch you. And and that's what we're really training young people for. We're, tra- we're training sports is a tool to train young people for the real world. We often say, right, that that you know the idea is competition and understanding the value of competition. And in this country, in Westernized civilization, it's all about winning. You know, we have these things that people say winning is not everything; it's the only thing. You know, they've idolized people like Vince Lombardi and others who have made these trademarks for these corporate entities. And so they take these sports figures and use them for motivational tools. And so but how do we now get to the point where, as I said, Scott, I believe it is that soccer mom mentality of, well, we want all of these little Chads and Buffies out there on the field. And let's just face it, that is a white mentality because culturally, in the black community, it's still usually about the idea of recognizing for a lot of kids that sports is their ticket out. So they are trying hard. They're practicing even when they're not at the formal practice. They're out trying to get as good as they possibly can be because they see that as a way up and a way out. And so you're suddenly going to put them on a the field with little Buffy and little Chad, who's out there only because the parents are looking for a babysitter for a couple of hours. And now because the score reflects that, now the soccer moms are all upset because it's like, well, hey, I think little Buffy and Chad should be able to not be embarrassed out there. Well, if you don't want little Buffy and Chad to be embarrassed out there, find out first if they're interested. And if they're not, don't put them out there. Don't force them to be out there. You, you know, Rod, you said something that's really, really funny. It's not actually funny, but, it, but it's the truth. You have a lot of people that sports is their ticket out. You know, it's, it's their ticket upward and outward. And it's funny because Mike Tyson once said his son told him he wanted to be a boxer. And Mike laughed at him and, and just said, you go to private school. You know, <laughs> you're not going to be a boxer. Those, those, those kids, they're fighting for their lives. Exactly. You know, the thing is, though, what's the message here? You know, what, what's the what's the I, I get the logic of of the soccer moms not wanting their kids to feel bad and all that kind of nonsense. But what's the message to the kids who made these sacrifices and the parents are looking for a way out? You know, uh, when you tell them, hey, OK, now we got to We got to ease up off the throttle. Well, I've been coaching you hard all this week. You've been coaching hard. You've been you've been honing your skills. And now you want to put your t- your skills to the test. And then all of a sudden you tell it being told, hey, you need to throttle down. What is that doing to the kids, Saki? That was a missed message to those kids 
who worked hard and for, like you said, Rod, the folks, the kids who really don't want to be there, the parents need to find out whether you want to, because we've all seen that. We know this kid is disinterested. We've seen them out there on the field, on the basketball court. They really don't want to be there. They're just there because their parents want them to be there. And even in our community, we know that there's a kind of a weeding out that initially due to peer pressure sometimes, you get kids who are out there trying to play football, basketball, whatever the sport may be. And eventually they either decide that, you know what, I'm not good at this or I really don't want to be out here because I don't like the competitive nature of it. And that's okay. And so the same thing as you think, as you ask the question, Scott, what are you doing to these little white kids and other ethnic kids who are out there when suddenly they get a trophy for something that they say to themselves, you know, I don't have any interest in this. That trophy means absolutely nothing to them. And so for some of these kids, both black, white, and other, the sooner they can get rid of that kind of pressure to have to be a part of that and focus on something they really are interested in, they become more satisfied with the idea of becoming book readers and book authors and mathematicians and engineers. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Everybody doesn't have to participate in everything. And and I'm glad you brought that back to academics because we don't allow our children the the same venue of not competing in in academia. Good point. Yeah, excellent point. So why is it that it's sports? You know, why is it that it's not just all sports? Like you pointed out earlier, Rod, there are some sports, and the major sports are basketball and football. Those are the sports where you want kids to don't be your don't do your best because. These kids aren't as good as you. You know, uh, when Barry Swilson coached in Oklahoma, he always said was their their strategy and their logic, the way of thinking is, we want to go out there and hang a half a hundred on them in the first half, break their will so we can go home. <laughs> That's what he used to say. But now all of a sudden is that, oh, we don't want to hurt anybody's feeling, you know, kind of nonsense. So there you have it, a viewpoint from us that we believe that, you know, competition is being de-emphasized in areas where there is a dominance based on the Black athlete. And so it's not a new phenomenon, but it is starting to spread. And so we're certainly interested in what you think about it as well. In our Black Business Spotlight, meet 21-year-old Essence Moore and her mom, Dr. Star Barrett, the dynamic duo behind the fastest-growing Black-owned virtual assistance firm called The Very Essence of Virtual Assistance, LLC, who after six years are still revolutionizing the industry with a strong commitment to entrepreneurship and passing on invaluable life skills. Star is empowering her daughter to thrive in every aspect of life. Their company offers personalized assistant and virtual office administration services encompassing secretarial tasks, marketing support, and bookkeeping, all at highly competitive rates with an executive team comprising minority women dedicated to delivering exceptional value, unparalleled customer service, and exceeding client expectations. Their clientele are small and medium businesses, nonprofits, as well as high-profile clients. To learn more about the very essence of virtual assistants, visit their website at EssenceVirtualAssistance.com. And remember, our ongoing Black Business Spotlight theme continues to be Let's Relaunch Black Wall Street Nationwide. Here's a little quick throwaway fact for you that we are maybe introducing from time to time, that it's interesting that we notice that there are a number of these famous sister groups who have lost a member along the way. And those groups include 
the Pointer Sisters, who I think there's only one of them left. The Emotions have lost one of their sisters. The Jones girls, I believe, lost two of their sisters. Sister Sledge has lost a sister. And even some of the other groups like the Supremes and LaBelle have, over the years, lost members to death. And so kind of interesting thing there that we don't really see being reported a lot, but perhaps there might be an unsung episode or something that might come up. That's a wrap for this week's show. And remember to follow us and share your thoughts with us by sending your comments as well as your questions and show ideas to at the Brothers Talk on X, formerly Twitter, and catch the Brothers Talk on Facebook, Instagram, or email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. As always, God willing, we'll continue to keep our focus on the issues that impact our community on the path to a better future. And until our next episode, know that we sincerely appreciate your time, your interest, and you can rest assured that we'll never take it or you for granted. And finally, let's all do better today because that's all we really have.